absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to episode 20 of Leave the Pin In. I'm Dan, and this is my buddy, the man who is currently waiting on Ricky to approve his loan, Scott. Scotto, what's the good word? Yeah, uh, I need a little home equity loan, so Rocket Mortgage it is. Um, and uh, one more episode, and our podcast can drink, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, how about that? 20 episodes already. Now, obviously, we've done a few more than that, but we lost some in the shuffle in the beginning, if you will. Yeah, there is also, that's not counting like the, the quick nines and the interviews and all that, too, right? This is, the well, 20 is just the, the me and you ones. It's with the interviews, too, but not oh, okay. the quick nines. Okay, well, there's just a handful of those. We lost a bit going over from the old provider, you know what I mean, the old ways, but uh, can't dwell on the past, Scott. No, you can't. You can't. All right, so, uh, Scott, we've had a little bit of a layoff. We haven't done an episode since the U.S. Open. I've been out and about on my Cutter and Buck bucket list trip. Uh, You've been busy with the end of work, transitioning into summer, so lots to talk about. Absolutely. Good. Uh, some crazy things have happened in the world of golf. And um, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about those. Uh, let's just go back for the people real quick. Brooks Kepka light. Gary Woodland won the U.S. Open. Satisfied with that? I love Gary Woodland. Um, so yes, uh, he's definitely one of the guys I pull for all the time. Yeah, I figured um, you would be. Oh, totally. And e- even more so... You know, with all the stuff that him and his wife went through last year, you know, that, that to me, that's that's the kind of story and the kind of person I really like seeing, you know, come out on top. So, yeah, good kudos to Gary. Yeah, for sure. And we've we've been around him on tour at a few events and, uh, you know, just a pretty much down-to-earth guy. I mean, I don't think it could have happened to a nicer, more hardworking pro that hasn't won the big one yet. No, I don't think so either. I think you're absolutely correct. But uh, again, how about Brooks Kepka? Jesus. He 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 doesn't let up in majors, and it's just yeah that that will to win the big events for him. I think is is second to only maybe two other people uh, that I've ever seen. You know how in sports we like to romanticize the past. You know, we talk about guys in, in any sport. Like, we, like uh, you know, baseball was just over in London. And Reggie Jackson said, you know, if I would have played in London with these dimensions, I would have hit 50 home runs in, in a bad year. And people are like, man, Reggie Jackson, he was like the greatest of all time. And then you, you put it to, like, Mike Trout numbers, and you're like, holy cow. Like, Mike Trout is unreal. Are we going to look back in five, eight, ten years and say the same thing about this run that Brooks Kepka has been on. You know, it's interesting, and you actually you bring up a good point about that. And then there was the, uh, was it? Yeah, I think it was Brandel Chambly did like a top ten seasons in PGA Tour history, uh, and kind of left out Brooks last year. Um, so I I don't know. But that's very on brand for him, isn't that? For Brandel, to- <laughs> it, it totally is. But he, he yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah. I guess he's saying because he did not win enough other than the the majors. I I don't know. I think that's crazy. What else do you want him to win? 
this is a, a pretty incredible run. Yeah. Uh, look, I love Brandon. He gets paid to spew out everything that comes into his mind with no filter. So I, I get it. Um, I do think a little bit of that is partly tongue-in-cheek and partly to keep the ratings up and keep that little feud that Brooks has with the Golf Channel, which I love, by the way. Oh, totally, totally. So we've got the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, this week. We're in Detroit. So obviously you've got all the Detroit legends available. Oh, wait, no, you have Kid Rock. Um, that's, That's what you got. You couldn't even get Kiss. You couldn't get Eminem. Uh, you couldn't get Rasheed Wallace. Ben Wallace. I don't know if Rasheed Wallace ever played that. Ben Wallace definitely did. My bad. Uh, no, Rashid, I think Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, he did. Well. He did. You, you couldn't get Chauncey Billups. Uh, you couldn't I, get Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I was going to say any of the bad boys. You know, uh, we, we get stuck with a bunch of Kid Rock and Ricky Fowler promotional material this week. Which honestly, I mean, is like a little bit tried out at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not really feeling... I love the fact that they went to Detroit, even though it's not like inner city Detroit. Like, how sick would that be to find a course in inner city Detroit and play there? Uh, They could just kind of like, just stick some pins in the ground and just see what happens. That would be kind of cool. Michigan has some amazing golf courses. And in my travels this last two and a half weeks, Scott, one of the things that I have found to be true is there are so many good golf courses that are out there, which the tour will never play because of infrastructure regions and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I watch, the more I see that the, the tour plays just these crap courses. Oh yeah, totally, and and that's the, you know the the crazy thing about like let's take Pebble Beach for example, that's not even the best course in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent by all accounts. Correct, and it's Pebble Beach. So yeah, there's definitely, and I was thinking about it because I you know for those of you who you know haven't been listening that long, I live pretty close to Westchester. Um, you know where Wingfoot is. Uh, you know the U.S. Open next year is going to be there. Uh, and I was thinking about all the other courses that are kind of within like a three mile radius of Wingfoot that would be awesome to have an event, but they're you know old school country club courses that just don't have the space or the infrastructure to have this the sheer amount of people that show up to major championships. Right, or the so. distance that they can be lengthened to in order to accommodate the new game. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's even there's one that's that's fairly newish. Um, which I think would probably hold up to the current game. But I think getting people in and out of there and around for, you know, you know the different events and all the different, like, hospitality things would just be impossible. Well, that's, um, that's what's crazy to me that they are able to do that. And, and I, I can't say effectively because I don't know. I've never been to Shinnecock. But to do it at a place like Shinnecock or a place like Kiowa where hmm. literally – it is a two-lane road. Like, Kia was a two-lane road for seven miles to get to the course. There's no other way unless, you know, I, I, maybe you know the back way on boat. That's it. And right. Shinnecock is the same exact thing. So it's crazy to me that they can do it there. But again, I don't know if they do it effectively or not. I haven't been to a major championship at either of those places, although I've played 
you know, at Kiowa. Well, I, like I think about like the the Northern Trust this year is at Liberty National. Um, I, getting the if that's right next to the the New Jersey Science Museum or the Jersey City Science Museum or the Jersey right, Hall of Science. Tight as anything. We, yeah, we went there not too long ago, and it. I just can't imagine having to deal with get you know going somewhere, getting on a bus, getting shuttled there. Like it, I just feel like you're gonna sit in traffic for so long. That's one of the reasons I've never been there, because I just don't feel like dealing with it. I mean, I think that's something that almost every single tour event suffers from unless you get caddy, VIP, or player parking. You know, yeah, it, it's a there's, disaster. There's definitely places where that, that it's kind of set up that way. Like, for example, um, last week, the Travelers, it's usually like one of my regular tour stops, I uh, decided to skip it this year just because of when it fell and other stuff that was going on. And uh, the fact that I kind of had a little, like, live event fatigue going on. Um, but they actually have land for another nine that they never built. And that land has become sort of the, the tournament parking lot. So you you park, if you're in the furthest spot... You have a grand total of about six minutes to walk to get to the front gate. I mean, that's amazing for a tour event because if you've never been to a tour event, you are 100% parking probably nowhere near the course and getting on a shuttle. Totally. Totally. I, I, and I've parked like as far away as the spots are just because I got there later in an afternoon one time. And I was just like, oh man, this is going to stink. And I was in uh, on the grounds of the course within 10 minutes, including walking, going through security, stopping to get a, a soda. It just, it's built that way. It's built for it. Yeah. So they're doing something right. And, and I got to preface it and let the people know, Scotto, is that we're talking about the PGA tour event. You go to web.com, mm-hmm. you go to an LPGA non-major, um, uh, sorry, the corn ferry tour, uh, an LPGA, non-major, a senior Champions Tour event, you don't have these issues. Uh, We're talking about the PGA Tour, which is getting routinely 30 to, depending on what event, 75,000, 80,000 people a day Mm -hmm. through the gates. That's where those problems arise. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So as of right now, I mean, obviously we're recording before tournament ends but one of the interesting things is the villain club leaders are near the top of the leaderboard Sabatini and Reed mm-hmm. but the uh, the savior of the masses Victor Hovland top five as of right now that, that's that's pretty awesome I mean I, I think it's apparent at some point soon he's going to be a winner on the PGA Tour um, so it's just a matter of when for him, and it could happen pretty soon. He's down to uh, T13 now. Ooh. All right. Well, when I put the notes in, he was T5. <laughs> I think other guys are just... Yeah. Have, have just picked up spots. It, uh, actually, this is... It's not over, but it's over, because Lashley's on the 18th, and he has a six-stroke lead. 
Yeah, so. I mean, he started the day with an eight-stroke lead, Nate Lashley. And so that's, I mean, it'd be a pretty awesome story with all the heartache and stuff that he's been through if he were to win. I don't want to say if, I mean, he should win, but you know what I'm saying. You never want to count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, no, totally. But good for yeah. him, good on him. And uh, you got the walking tour sponsor uh, just going around pre-approving loans on his cell phone. You know, and that's the crazy thing. It's, you, you know, you apply for a loan on your phone, and Ricky Fowler's walking around and approving loans on his phone. I really wish when I bought my house that Rocket Mortgage was around, and Ricky Fowler would just pop out of somewhere and be like, hey, dude, you're approved. Here's some cash. Yeah, it, it, it's all good, man. Here, here you go. Want an orange polo shirt to go with that mortgage? <laughs> is, is, he, is he the most marketable guy on tour right now? Besides, you know, the goat? Um, I would say so because, you know, my daughter, my daughter's six. She does not know any golfers, but she does know Ricky Fowler. And both my boys play, and guess what type of clubs they have, Scott? Mm, would they be, um, I'm guessing they're not Ping. Nope. Or Titleist. Nope. Oh, wait, they're probably uh, Cobra. Yes, they are, with the orange Cobra, bags. And I bet you they're orange. You know it. That it. Totally marketed towards kids who are huge Ricky Fowler fans. And the head covers are Ricky Fowler's flat brim hat. Although my youngest mm-hmm. son now has a pug uh, Daphne head cover. That's what he wanted for Christmas. And I want a pug mm-hmm. head cover. We don't have a pug. Our dog is not a pug. He, he doesn't know anyone that has a pug. But that's what he wanted as a head cover, and that's what he got. That's that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, I I would say based upon the amount of kids and adults that uh, cosplay as Ricky Fowler at PGA Tour events, that he is. <laughs> I like that you call it Rick, PGA Tour cosplay. <laughs> that's totally what it is. They are they're decked out in orange. That is not something that normal people would wear if they were not going to a PGA Tour event that Ricky Fowler was going to be present at. All right, so are he the, doesn't even dress like that anymore. Are the people that dress up as tigers are they like the furry fandom community of the PGA Tour? Well, that's the other that's the <laughs> other cosplay. It's the the people who either dress up as tiger or tigers or who wear the you know black pants and red shirt. All right, so who wins in a fight? The the furry tiger cosplay people or the Ricky Fowler orange aid cosplay people? Hmm. Uh, normally I would say, you know, Tiger beats, you know, person in any sort of argument. Right. But I feel like the suit might be limiting. I, that's a good point. I also feel like most tour events are in warm weather climates and dehydration would set in if the fight went the distance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, open championship, Scott, increases their prize money. 10.75 10.75 mil, 1.975 mil for the winner. Purses are continuing to go up and up and up. Um, they're still underpaid, though, don't you think? Uh, I, no. No? You don't think Tiger's underpaid? Dude's going to make 4 oh. mil on course? No, no, no. 5 I, mil? I think Tiger's underpaid because... <laughs> All of this is due to Tiger. 
I think the uh, top 25, 50 guys are, are underpaid, but I think the guys at the bottom of the tour are overpaid. Mm, interesting. You you could sit you could sit at thirty to forty five every week mm-hmm. and collect a cool you know depending twenty five to seventy five grand. Do that twenty times, make one point six mil, throw off the point six for travel expenses, taxes, caddy, um, physical trainer, physical therapist, all that stuff, right? And you're walking away with a cool mill for never being in contention. Uh, you're definitely right. You're absolutely 100% right about that. Um, one of the things that I, I, I always think is interesting is the disparity between the LPGA and the PGA Tour. Enormous. Yeah. And unfair, so, honestly. Com- completely unfair. Uh, so, for, for example, let me just I have the PGA Tour money list open, but I want to open the LPGA. So let's let's take uh, what's like a, a decent like tour pro. Let, let's let's go like the the fiftieth person on the money list in both tours this year. You're this saying? year, okay. currently, currently. So let let's say who's fiftieth on the women. Who do we got? It's actually it's actually harder to find than you would think. Uh here it is. I think one of the reasons is is the embarrassment factor of how little they make. Honestly. It's not something they want to promote. The guys always promote that, you know. True. He finished in tenth place. He made one hundred and eighty-five grand. All right, I'm gonna go with. I said fiftieth, but I'm gonna go with fifty-six just because it's a, a a very recognizable name. So fifty-six on the LPGA Tour money list is Stacy Lewis. Ah, uh, don't use that. She hasn't played a full year. She was she was maternity. Pick someone else. She's got eleven tournaments in and. Lee Six, who is the leading, has twelve. So, All right, so let's let's just do it. Okay. So she, where was I? So she has won uh, one hundred and seventy six thousand five hundred and fourteen dollars. So an average of approximately seventeen thousand two hundred dollars a tournament. Okay. Right. Let's go with let's go with that. I'm not good at math, so. So and who do we got for fifty six for guys? On the men's money list, again, harder to find than you'd think. And mind you, Scott, that the LPGA has a lot less tournaments than the guys do as well. Oh, d- definitely. So, you know, I don't know. There's, there's probably only been 16, maybe 17 tournaments where the guys are up to, I don't know how many weeks in the year already. Well, let's you know, do this. That's then. how you measure it. Let's do this. So, and this is official money on the PGA Tour. So, Shane Lowry has 11 PGA tour starts. He's got a, he's, he's he's got a win too. Does he? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's go drop, with someone let, that doesn't have a win. Let's let's drop it down to Matt Every 66th. Okay, perfect. He, he he has 12 starts. He has won $1,385,179. Right, so basically 10 times more than Stacy Lewis. Just exactly. about. Exactly. Exactly. And how much of that did he blow on weed? <laughs> Fair point, sir. <laughs> uh, um, let's let's see how far down we have to go to get to a comparable number. Yeah, how far down in the men's tour do you have to go to get to 117 or 125? Look for 125,000 on the year. Grayson Murray. Four, okay. 14, 14 starts, 
$125,500. Does it say what his highest finish is in the year? Uh, not here, but hold on. I mean, it's probably, he probably had like one top 10, maybe. Be- well, maybe one top 25. Zero, zero top 10s. Awesome. Um, one top 25, a T12 at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Isn't that an opposite field event as well? It is an opposite field event. Right. Okay, so, so I mean, the disparity is is enormous. And, and I'm telling you, and I know people hear this all over the place, but if you want to improve your game by going to a tour event, don't watch the guys. You can't do what they can do. Like, there's 700 guys in the world that can do that. You're not one of them. Watch. It's a, it's a totally different game. Yeah. Watch the girls play. Watch them hit it 240, 255. Watch the bombers hit it 280. Watch how they wedge. Watch how they chip and putt. Like, it's insane. They're so good. They just don't miss. And every tour pro, every male tour pro or male caddy that I know says it is unbelievable the disparity of tee shots that the females hit. It's insane how good it is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and, and I know you've been to a ton of tour events. Webb, Senior. Jeez. Ah, Corn Ferry. Senior, PGA, and the LPGA. And honestly, dude, I know for me, the most fun I have is watching the Corn Ferry guys. I hate that, honestly. I just want to call it the Ben Hogan tour still. Uh, I, you know, I the minor league I guys. I can't stand it. It's horrible. Uh, the minor league guys and the LPGA. Like, they're the best to watch. Yeah, because it's the most relatable. Right. Um, at least the LPGA is. I mean, Yeah, I mean, the Corn Ferry is not relatable at all to what these guys are doing with... with distances and numbers down there but the grind and the fact that you haven't heard of them yet it's just an awesome you can get so close to being inside the ropes at a at a minor league event that's what i'm gonna call it from now on minor league triple a triple a ball mm. yeah yeah because corn fairy is awful yeah you know what the only thing i do like is that they spell it k-o-r-n like the band corn and not mm. c-o-r-n like the vegetable corn so they got that going for them that they do. Maybe we'll just yeah. call it the corn tour. Yeah, that, that that's what we're calling it from now on. The corn. I'm tour. literally switching that in the liner notes right now. Corn tour. Speaking of corn tour, our buddy Mike Creed's guy Tyson Alexander is only six off the lead. He finished like tied seventh last week. Was in the lead going into the weekend. So Mike is uh, is pumping this dude up and he's going off. Justin Lauer, uh, Daniel Summerhays, and the Weed Man. Robert Garrigus, all near the top of the leaderboard at Corn yeah. Tour. Yeah, I saw because I get the the updates from the PGA Tour app, and I, I I got one the other day, and all I saw was Robert Garrigus, and I was just like, "Oh no, what did he do?" And it was he shot sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't shoot somebody, but shot sixty four. Well, I Didn't... was waiting to see like you know permanently banned from the PGA Tour for like fifteenth failed drug test or something like that. Yeah, he must have just gotten off suspension or whatever. You know, mm. and then got put back, or maybe he missed the reshuffle and then got dropped to the corn tour. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 both very very easy and very difficult to maintain um, tour status. Oh yeah, without a doubt, especially if you're one of those guys middling around the 125, 150. Exactly. 
what else we got? We got the LPGA, the Walmart Classic. Uh, we got four top the leaderboard right now there. Ming Jung Her, uh, Yuju Kim, Sun Young Park, and Daniela Darke. Uh, all at 14 under, so they're going low. Jane, our friend of the pod, shot two under and missed the cut. Um, so the girls are going low this week. What do you think about Michelle Wee sitting out the rest of the season? I think it's probably a good idea um, for a couple of reasons. One, it seems like she needs to do it because, you know, she's she's injured. And two, it kind of feels like she needs to get her, her head on straight a little bit. Yeah, I think the... Like, the... she needs to get herself, like... Uh, not that she's, you know... I, I feel like she needs uh, some time away from it. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, injuries that's can be so exactly. frustrating. Exactly. <clears throat> get, it, get it taken care of. Get your, your, you know, your head right and back into it. And then, you know, go back out there. And, you know, yeah. again, so much pressure for her to, to be Michelle Wee. And what yeah, well, everyone kind of ex- expects of her. I think she came back so early because of the U.S. Open, you mm-hmm. know... And it's like, I'm a former U.S. Open champ. I feel like, okay, I don't feel great, but I can make it work. Uh, and it didn't. Like, you just can't rush back from an injury. And it's, the thing is, it's so hard because, you know, athletes want to do that. Yep, totally. You know, there's no other way. All right, hey, Scott, it's official. Nate Lashley won. Gotcha. Uh, the the Robert Garrigus deal is that he... Um is 30 for uh, like on the number 31 on the priority list which is 126 through 150 in last year's fedex cup points okay, so gotcha. that means he's getting into a lot of tournaments but um he you know if he's not in it he has full status on the corn ferry tour corn tour scott yes yes the corn tour good well good for him maybe he's you know Good for him. Um, so that's all we got going on in the professional tours. Uh, Scott, let's get into stuff that's important. Let's talk you and me golf. Mm. Uh, we previewed this a little bit in our last episode. We, I know it's been two weeks. Apologize for that. But uh, we wanted to go over the worst golf shot that either of us has ever hit. And then we wanted to send some feelers out to the viewers uh, we got a few of them, and so what we did was we picked the best one, or that at least we thought was the best one, or the worst one, I should say, the worst shot that was ever hit. So I'm going to tell you about mine, Scott. I don't know if you remember it. You weren't there. I don't remember, remember if you remember me telling you, but it's my first collegiate tournament ever. Uh, I and do I'm, remember. Okay. And it's a dogleg right par five. It's playing at Great Bear Golf and Country Club in Marshalls Creek, Pennsylvania. I'm playing with one person on my team and two kids from Penn State. So two of us, two of them. There are, I don't know, 16 to 20 golf carts lined up on the left of the tee box, left uh, cart path, because all the kids were you know, being ferried out to the starting holes. And so you had a split start off of 1 in 10. So this is like a 7.30 tee time, super early. We're one of the first groups out. 
We wait till the people in the fairway clear, dogleg right, mind you. And there are about, I don't know, 25, 30 other collegiate golfers sitting in their cars just kind of BSing around, but pretty far away, you know, a good 50, 60 yards away from us. So you can't hear them or anything. And we're off on the back tee boxes, and everyone hits, and I go last. And Scott, I'm, I'm determined to smash this drive. You know what I mean? Get home in two, start this tournament off in the right way. Right, show well, people I, who's boss. That's it. My, my home, you came to our tournament. Like, here we go. I smashed the hell out of this thing, Scott. Right into the people sitting in the golf carts. It buzzed three kids' heads, ricocheted off of three or four carts, rattled underneath them. Kids are diving out of carts, dugging. Have no idea where it's coming from, right? So I look. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not good. The two kids from Penn State are like, what the hell are we playing with? I go to grab another ball out, and I go to re-tee it. And the dude on my my team goes, "Uh, hey, man, uh, you can't do that. I'm like, nah, it's cool. I'll just hit another one, dude. (laughs) He goes, no, you got to kind of play that from where it is. So I had to go over. It's on the cart path. They have to back up 16 carts so I can get my ball. I got to talk to a coach to get a drop. It was like a 15-minute ordeal. I have never, to this day, been more embarrassed on a golf course than that moment. Hmm. Yeah, that that's that that that's pretty rough. Especially yeah, I think I so many people who witnessed it. So Scott, so many. If I was like the last group off that day, off of one. Eh, whatever, it would have been fine, you know? But the ball would have probably gone OB because the carts wouldn't have saved it. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's rough. What about yours? Um, so, I, had a, I actually have a couple. Do you remember um, Eisenhower read there's that one par three that plays against the road? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, few years ago i was playing there uh and when i say by myself i mean by myself and with three people i don't know right um and now normally you hit a bad shot there you you slice a little bit it's gonna catch a tree and not hit the road right it just drops yeah this uh you know the whole 90 percent air thing yeah let's call it the 90 percent air i must have missed hitting a car by inches because it must have landed right in front of one <laughs> yeah that you yeah you hit a car on a golf course and that's not good i've seen that happen i saw that happen at glenbrook scott oh yeah definitely i mean that's what happens when a road literally bisects a par four yeah yeah well that there's a few there there's that one there's, there's the, the next the, one the, the ni- yeah nine <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm actually surprised more cars don't get hit on nine than actually do. Um, so I have that one, and then go. And you, since you mentioned Glenbrook, I'll give you another one. I don't remember what tournament it was that we were playing in, but I hit a shot. It was actually pretty decent, and it caught caught a, a yardage marker, the one on number one, mm-hmm. and it just ricocheted into the woods. <laughs> It's like, um, that ball was in the middle of the fairway, and now it's gone. My, my son, at their home course here at Sandpiper Bay 
Golf and Country Club, just hit the 150 marker on a fly and broke the cap off, you know, knocked the cap off mm-hmm. uh, the last time we played. Because they have, like, the big 150 stripe markers in the middle of the fairway. Yes. So I let him hit it again. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I I hit it over. What's the the worst shot you've ever witnessed? Oh, dude, it's... uh, I'll tell you right now. Simple uh, playing the 2009 Glenbrook Club Championship. Uh, I'm on 11, green putting... And this row of cars is just driving through in between, you know, the hole there where 12 is. Mm. And there must have been eight cars in a row. And the dude's like, oh, I'm going to tee off. I'm going to hit it. And I, I, I heard him up on the tee box. And they're like, nah, you should just wait, dude. I'm like, nah, there's a group behind us putting. I'm going to just hit. And he hits. And that's that's the one that hit the car. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's just crazy. You know, caught it a little bit thin. It didn't carry the road. And most of the times, most of us can, can get over the road. And, uh, I mean, he thinned it, you know, this, that little wipey fade, and it just, it literally just smashed the side of the car. I mean, almost caused a five, six car accident. Mm. That, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, so mine, uh, last year, also club championship, uh, we, it was my match, the, both of us hit into the green and, we were we were both on. The third guy was waiting for his the guy he was his match was against. He was waiting for him to play, and we were about a hundred yards away. And I, I don't know what club this guy hit, but he hit it over the green, over the tee for the next hole, <laughs> through someone's yard and onto their roof. That's like Cam Champ's uh, shot. At the yeah. Rocket Mortgage yesterday, 80 yards past the green. Yep. And it we heard it. It hit the roof. And then it bounced back. <laughs> and, yeah. And I looked over at him. I was like, what did you hit from there? And he's looking at it. It's like, ah. Oh, ah. Oh, he pulled the wrong my, club. Yeah. He's like, oh, I thought I grabbed my, my gap wedge. I'm like, well, what did you hit? He's like, ah, it's my six iron. That's like, a big difference, dude, looking down at it. Yeah, I was like, I just in my head, I'm like, how'd you not notice that? But you know, it's, I'm not him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've definitely done that. I've taken eight instead of nine. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But a a gap wedge to a six iron's insane. Right. Yeah. I, I guess he saw G E and it was really a six. Ah, right. Get your glasses checked. Yeah. Uh, well, let me give you the worst shot from one of our listeners uh, that I thought. So we got a we got a bunch, like I said, in uh, arrows and irons on Instagram. It was a shot where basically he was on the 18th hole, and the 17th green is right next to it, but next to it and even a little bit behind, and he straight duck hook a drive right into the guys that were on the 17th hole. Like, literally a dead left parallel shot. The mm-hmm. guys, like, dove out of the way. You know, they're yelling and blah, 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 and whatever. And uh, he said, if you gave me 100 balls, he goes, I couldn't replicate it. He says, I don't know what happened. My brain completely, like, went haywire. And 
he said basically if you would have done like a shot tracer he said the ball may have ended up behind me literally almost hit a ball backwards off the mm. tee shot into guys on a green that were putting out right behind them yeah that's that's crazy that's a bad shot that that is a bad shot but you know what <laughs> We've, I mean, maybe not that bad, but we've all been there. And that's of course. The, 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 you know, the thing about golf, even like those guys are, you know, obviously in the moment they're probably annoyed, but you know, three holes ago, they hit a shot that was very similar. Oh my God, dude. And just look at like, I, I hate to use Poulter because everyone picks on him and he is one of my favorite players. But I swear the dude shanks more shots on the PGA Tour than anybody. He like he's he's good for at least three during a year. Like if you YouTube Ian Poulter shanks, you will see them. Uh, I mean, like in major championships, in regular tour events. It's just it's nuts. Yeah, no, he definitely. You're you're absolutely right. Like, and that's a dude who can literally fill his garage with Ferraris and Porsches and Lambos at will with the amount of money that he's made, and he hits awful shots. Right, and he's a great iron player too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just nuts. Yeah, it's just nuts. Well, and that so and like and I've talked about my buddy Mike before. Um, the last time we went out, he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to be too bad," and I'm just like, "It doesn't matter how bad you are. There's somebody out here who's worse than you, without a doubt. And someone is starting new, and someone is just getting into it. And someone's hitting, yeah. you know." New clubs for the first time ever or whatnot. I mean, it, it, it happens. You know, it happens. Don't apologize yep. for it. And if you do, just move on quickly and just try to yep. get better. That's it. Yep, exactly. And, and, don't, and don't be intimidated because guys look like they're going to be good golfers. You know, a lot of people can go out and buy the gear and, you know, cosplay as Ricky Fowler. And you know, just because just cause people have money and they can go all out and, you know, dress like their Tiger, they're not going to play like him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Scott, I want to start a new uh, segment of the podcast. You cool with that? Shoot. Yeah, you're down for whatever, right? I want to start yep. a Some Things We Like. Okay. That's it. Some Things We Like. We just talk about Some Things We Like. All right, cool. All right, what I do want to do is I want to I do want to be a little bit selfish. I want to steal a little bit of time if you're cool, and I just want to talk about uh, the road trip I just got back from. Oh, I would expect that that would be a strong, strong thing that, one, you like, and, <laughs> and, and two, would uh, definitely take up some time. Yeah, so one of the things I like is traveling. Uh, and my oldest son and I, he's 12, just got back from a two-and-a-half-week Midwest road trip and I haven't even had time to like sit down and talk to you about it all yet So this is all kind of you know off the cuff Mm -hmm. But anyway long story short um, I planned the trip To kind of coincide with him or before he turned 13, you know Like before he became a teenager just to kind of wrap up his childhood if you will with kind of one big uh, cataclysmic event and we kind of put the basis around going to see the St. Louis Cardinals play at Bush Stadium because we're Cardinals fans. Um, like, we've seen them play in Pittsburgh before. You know, we plan on catching them when they play in Philly. But for us to go out there, it's like the mecca of Midwest baseball. That was where the trip um, kind of sparked its idea. 
and then we planned some golf around it. So we, we played a course, Scott, called Raccoon Hills in Macedonia, Ohio for our first night. Now, I don't know where Macedonia, Ohio is before this. I didn't. I know now. And uh, I only played the course because of its name, Raccoon Hills. I, to- I was going to say that sounds awesome, even if it's not. Right. So it wasn't in the best of shape um, condition-wise. It had three holes, which... Uh, were a par four, a par five, and a par four. And collectively, they probably measured maybe 750 yards for the three holes. Mm. Um, it was the most insane routing ever. So I think from now on, anytime you're going to describe a goat track or a dog track, we call it a raccoon track. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm down with that plan. Okay. It was fun. It had a cool little logo. It was a raccoon playing golf I, in, in I, Knickers. I am currently on their website because I was hoping they had a <laughs> uh, a routing map on here. I uh, uh, There's a scorecard, but there's no... like. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was basically like dog leg left, dog leg right, then dog leg right again to wrap, wrap back around. Yeah. And... The one hole, I had no idea where you were supposed to hit your tee shot. I had no idea where the rest of the hole went. So I said, this hole looks like it goes to the left. I will hit driver over those trees. I Mm. pured a driver. My son hits because once we got to his tee box, we were able to see the fairway, which was literally a square. No joke, a 50-foot by maybe 200 foot square, which obviously is not a square. It's a rectangle, but, you know, a square patch of of grass. And the object was you were to hit to the first square or patch of grass. The second patch of grass was another rectangle over a pond. And then finally, past a big tree, which was blocking the green, mind you, uh, hit your third shot. It was a par five that measured... Ah, uh, 340 yards, I believe. Right, but you can't hit a full shot because it's no. all... No. So, if I would have played it correctly, I would have hit 9-iron, 9-iron, uh, and then maybe pitching wedge. Because you needed something high to get it over the tree that was blocking the green. Oh, okay. I found it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the satellite view of it. Yeah. And the thing is that that does not even do it justice. It it was like, it was like they were possibly they were like, hey, we got we got 13 good holes, dude. Excuse me. I'm still fighting off a sinus infection I got in St. Louis. Um, They they they're like, we got 13 good holes, and they're like, yeah, man, but a, a course is 15. I mean, a course is 18, and you know, we paid you for 18, so we need five more. And they're like, you know, you got to find five. And the guy was like, oh, well, I got about two acres left. Uh, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> I, I actually just described uh, one of the courses down in Westchester. Oh, we played Hudson Hills, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I just drove by there on the way to something. And she's like, oh, she's like, have you played that golf course? I was like, yep. And she's like, oh, she's like, I never hear you talk about it. I was like, yeah, because it's not very good. Yeah. 
Um, because and I, she's like, why not? I was like, well, it feels like they had fifteen room for fifteen holes, but they had to put eighteen in, and that's just what they did. I will tell you this, Scott. I learned on my trip that weird numbers of holes are incredible. Oh, definitely. Eighteen a, is not something that's needed. You do not need a, it. There's a twelve-hole golf course not far from here where you know and the range that i go to has a 12 hole golf course right fantastic it's the i'll call it the front nine um because there's nine holes in the front of the property and then three holes in the back um the front nine is whatever there's you know one legit par four one par three and a half and the rest of them are are kind of shortish par threes but the the three holes like towards the back of the property one of those a really cool drivable par four one of them's a like an i would say an actual par five it's it's a good 510 um and one of them's a decent par four and not that it's like the greatest kept course in the world but you can go there and play those 12 holes and you know not have it be like a major production it doesn't take the whole day and there's players of sort of all skill levels, and it's, it's a fun place to go. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. Like, I could not agree more. I liked the idea in the beginning. I love it now. Uh, so after Ohio, we went to Chicago, did the Willis Tower, you know, Cloud Gate, the Bean, Millennium Park, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But then we spent four days after that down in southern Missouri, an area of the country I've never been to. Uh, really thought I had no reason to ever go to. And honestly, maybe a region of the country that I come back to more often than not. We went to Big Cedar Lodge. We played Top of the Rock, Buffalo Ridge Springs, and Mountaintop, which is a 13-hole par 3 course designed by Gary Player. Uh, Top of the Rock is a 9-hole Jack Nicholas design course. And Buffalo Ridge Springs is one of their 18-hole courses, as well as Ozark National, which is a core Crenshaw, and they are currently building Payne's Valley. That is a Tiger Woods course that, honestly, is going to open up uh, next year and will probably hold a tour event by 2022, I would assume. Mm. That's what everyone there, the pro, everyone That's said. Their, like, like what they're pushing towards. Yeah, and w- with Tiger attached to it, they said, you know, this is probably going to be it because, you know, they screwed over his DC event. And uh, this is going to be his own tour. The place, the place is insane. I cannot, like, I'm not paid by them. Um, I've only had amazing interactions with people that work there, and work for them through their social media accounts. But it is absolutely mind blowing. Top of the Rock is this par three uh, Augusta-like heaven. And I posted a ton of pictures on Instagram and stuff, and everyone can go back and look at that stuff. A ton of Instagram stories and some Instagram live there. Um, it, it is, it is mind-blowing. Every hole, you get to another hole, and you're like, oh my god, how can it get better? How can bunkers be any better? The bunkers are literally Augusta bunkers. It is the same North Carolina courts that they use at Augusta, the white court sand mm. that they use there. Um, then the next day we play Buffalo Ridge Springs and okay, well, that's a full 18 and there are Buffalo roaming the course. And we are, first off, I have to say we're the only people on the course at top of the rock. 
They have the most amazing driving range. People have probably seen it in pictures. It's all synthetic material. Arnold Palmer designed it. They took Arnold Palmer's barn from his childhood and shipped it to southern Missouri and made a restaurant out of it there. Reconstructed it by hand. Made a restaurant. Um, Buffalo Ridge Springs is this amazing, just like wide open Midwest expanse of land where buffalo roam on it, literally, and the routing is insane. Like, every shot is like, wow, how can it get cooler? Oh, look at that tee shot. How can it be cooler than this par 3? Look at that par 3. And then just when I thought that the trip couldn't get better, we play mountaintop the next morning. Again, the only people there, the first tee time of the day. I mean, just... Waiting on hand and foot like kings. Everyone just wants to just talk to you, excited about the trip. They want to hear about it. And I thought the other two courses were insane. Mountaintop literally stole its thunder. What was crazy is it was the cheapest of the three courses to play as well. Well, that's another, you know, just because a course is expensive does not mean it's, you know, uh, it's going to be the, the best course of the bunch. <coughs> TPC because <coughs> <laughs> there there are some courses that are uh, uh, especially if you go on like one of those like Supreme Golf or Golf Now websites mm-hmm. there are some some deals out there for places that I look at and I'm just like that place is only going to cost me 40 bucks uh, I'll book that yeah Look, price does not dictate because if you know people in golf, you can play some of the greatest country clubs in the world for free. Mm. And they're the greatest architecturally designed courses that are out there. Um, so top, top of the Rock was, was, you know, it was crazy. It's like 100 and, I don't know, 20 bucks for an adult. Juniors are all cheaper, mind you. But I think for the both of us, it was like $210 to play a nine-hole par three course, right? And you're like, wow, that's insane. That's a ripoff. But then you go out and play and you're like, yep. 100% worth it. Like, easily worth $210. 100%. From from the range to being the only people on the course. I mean, just in your mind, you can't even wrap it around like, okay, literally, I'm paying something along the lines of like $25 per hole. Right? That's that's, that's what it kind of works out to. Right. For the, for the two of you, you're like, that's nuts. <clears throat> Next day, same exact price for the both of us to play Buffalo Ridge Springs. Uh, 210, 215, something along those lines. And then by the time you get merch and you visit the pro shop and you get food, you know, you're looking at what, a 300, $350 day. Again, 100% worth it. Yeah. Like uh, only people on the course, 100% worth it. Because every single thing, it's like golf Disneyland, Scott, right? You, uh, Disney World, you, you understand this greatly. Disney oh. World, everything is controlled. The only thing they haven't figured out yet, and if they work with Bryson, they might be able to, is is to, how to control the weather. That's it. Everything else is 100% like climate controlled. Yep, completely. <clears throat> and it's the same thing there. The only thing that they can't control was the weather. And thankfully, during our entire trip, we literally just outraced storms as we went. Everywhere that we left got hit. Everywhere we were going to was great. So after Southern Missouri, um, right outside of Branson, uh, Big Cedar Lodge, we drove up to St. Louis. We spent three days in St. Louis, did two Cardinals games there, did the stadium tour, 
the Hall of Fame Museum. It was just Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum, obviously. Right. Uh, just insane. <clears throat> After that, we do Louisville, Knoxville, uh, Asheville for two nights. And in Asheville, Scott, we find within five miles of where we're staying, again, dumb luck, Google it, Google Maps, a Donald Ross designed 1917 municipal course called Asheville Municipal Golf Course. Perfect way to end the trip before we came down uh, you know, to our place in North Carolina. And so I've got to give just an enormous shout-out to Cutter and Buck because the trip was planned, right? We were going to do it no matter what. Um, Cutter and Buck ran a promotion called the Ultimate Bucket List Trip. They picked three people as finalists. My son and I were one of the three finalists. There was a Instagram vote, which was worth one point. The people that run Cutter and Buck, they got a vote, which is worth one point. And then Annika Sorenstam herself, Annika59 on Instagram, got a vote. Uh, we got all three votes to win unanimously. They sent us a ridiculous package of clothing, shirts, hats, water bottles, vests, jackets, windbreakers, heavy jackets, like just insane. Like when I say insane, I know you saw some of the pictures just stupid insane yep. with how good it was. Um, so the whole entire trip were outfitted in this amazing cutter and buck gear and they start promoting the trip and people start reaching out to me on Instagram and they're like, oh, dude, if you can swing it, like swing past my course here. I'm like, oh, like I wish, but I've got Cardinals tickets that night. You know what I mean? Like everyone was just so cool. Um, and then Kyle from Knock, Knock Stiff Golf, a dude that lives and plays golf in Alaska and has been doing some awesome YouTube videos, took all of our pictures and all of our videos and is going to create a kind of promotional video for Instagram for Cutter and Buck for our trip. So that's, that's pretty sick. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so he did one because Cutter and Buck outfitted him and his buddies to play at Sand Valley. And mm. that was like the first thing. Like he's kind of sponsored by Cutter and Buck and they were like, hey man, take this trip, do this, record on your YouTube channel because, you know, like I said, knock stiff golf. Check it out on Instagram and YouTube. The guy's hilarious. Does a lot of commentary videos too, which are great. Like his Paige Sparanak one was uh, just fantastic. And... He has this whole Sand Valley trip one. It's like a minute, you know, a minute that he splices together to put on Instagram. And uh, it was fantastic. And Cutter and Buck was like, you know what? That's so good. Let's start this ultimate bucket list trip. So mm. leave, leave the pin in, you know, myself and, and my son were the first winners. And it's something they're going to keep on running. Um, so it's pretty neat. You know, it's, it's pretty neat to have some dealings with them. And, I mean, just... Uh, from from the the card that was attached with it from Joe who works there like how heartfelt it was and just everything about the company has been just 100% top notch and I'm going to tell you Scott it was not a company like I'll be 100% transparent not a company that I owned anything from not a company that was even on my radar in terms of fit fashion function anything like that and I am 100% turned into a diehard fan uh i will also say that what they sent you because I, I, we talked about it they definitely asked you like what your like fashion style was 
hundred percent. Yeah. I thought that they definitely hit a home run with what they picked for you. Um, the outfit that, uh, I think it was, yeah, I think your son had it on the first day. Um, that like with a red, it was kind of like red, white, and blue almost. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. I thought that was one of the, the freshest golf outfits I've seen in a long time. 100%. And listen, I'm going to tell you, there's one shirt that I have been I have not worn yet because I plan on wearing it for the 4th of July tournament down here, which we're playing in. But guess what type of tournament it is, Scotto? Is it a flag tournament? Because that's what a lot of them are up here. No. Ah. No. It's July 5th, and it's a glow golf tournament. Is it at night? That's awesome. It's at it's at nine o'clock at night, and you're playing with like those like, glow in the dark balls. Yeah, so so they're making Love the it. course into a par three course, six holes, right? Two of the holes are already normal par threes, and they're setting up the other four as par threes. Every person gets two glow balls. The fairways are lined. The greens, flag sticks, tee markers, everything is is aligned with whatever glow sticks they use and stuff. There's a dinner at 7, there's putting contests, all that stuff. So myself, my wife, and my two boys are a foursome. And it's it's six holes, starts at 9 o'clock? Correct, yeah. I've never done glow golf before. Fireworks right after? Uh, I know because the town doesn't allow fireworks. I mean, there's fireworks uh, like the night before and stuff and that weekend that we're going to, but gotcha. not at the course. Gotcha. Cause that'd be cool too, but nah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty psyched. The boys are psyched. My wife doesn't even play golf. Um, you know, she's psyched. It's par three. Uh, they get to tee off from obviously like the the women's tees, the forward tees, the red tees, and uh, and they can hit their irons. So so on a par three course, being that close, Scott, we might be able to make some noise. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll obviously be rooting for you guys. I gotta, I gotta uh, get with Bryson. I'm assuming will not be aired on NBC Golf. Um... <clears throat> no, it's not tele. It's like the Corn Tour. It's not televised. Mm. Um, you know, just look for results from the app, PJ Tour app. Uh, I gotta get with Bryson to, to see how a glow ball reacts at night. So many variables, Scott. So many. Mm. Yeah, well, and that's the the crazy thing. Like, there's some like chemical reaction going on in there. Does that affect the spin rate? I don't know. Right, carry yeah. distance. The air's a little bit heavier at night because it's not as warm. Hmm. You know, it's it's you know we're playing. I mean, we're dead at sea level here, obviously, and uh, it's been ninety plus every single day. So I mean, we're just killing balls. Is a glow ball going to react the same way? That's a really good question. I know. I know. Um, all right. So that's your your what you like about you know, what you like segment Yes. for, for this one. Okay. Yes, yes. And I do just want to give just uh, plugs or stuff to some people out there. Um, I want to thank, Scott, our new friends over at the Chasing Daylight podcast. Uh, we've been chatting a bit, and mm-hmm. to let you know, they want to possibly do like a split podcast. Like, like, a, like a crossover kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like you and me and them, they're two guys and us. Um, you know, and like, we'll post one of, we'll post one on ours, you know, we'll take care of all, like all the, uh, all the engineering aspect on ours and then they'll do one where they take care of all the engineering aspect and put it on theirs. Where are they, where are they located? Did you find that? Vegas. I mean, we could take a trip out there and. and (laughs) Could. could Could I know you love Vegas. We could play some four ball. 
We at Shadow Creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to thank I want to thank obviously Swing Juice. Go over there, check out the blogs I've been writing. Uh, took a little time off because of the trip, but I'm getting back into them. You know, last one I did was about putting on the beach, Scotto, because mm. that's what I like to do now. Putt on the beach, it's smooth, baby. Like Billy D. Williams works every mm, time. Works every time. So uh, if you if, go to oh, if go you're ahead. interested, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll throw a guest blog up there for you too. Uh, I'd be very interested in that. We could uh, maybe get a little, little leave the pin in uh, team teamwork going on on there. I I love that. Send it my way, baby. We're getting Scotto on the blog as well. Um, but if you're at Swing Juice and you can use this too, Scotto. Although we've got kind of the in there. Uh, but if you go to SwingJuice.com, use the promo code leave the pin in twenty, knock twenty uh, percent off your entire order. How good is that? I mean. Anytime you save money, it's a good time. Plus, right, because then you, you can, can spend take it that on money golf. You save, stick it in your piggy bank, and uh, you know, go play play Shadow Creek. There, there you go. Um, so, also thank uh, Knock Stiff Golf, Kyle from Knock Stiff Golf on Instagram, and then also check out Sandpiper Bay GCC on Twitter. That's Sandpiper Bay GCC on Twitter. That's the course we play down here. Uh, a bunch. Obviously, Scott, follow us on Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin. But more importantly, follow us on Instagram at leave the pin. Uh, anything else that you like? Some things that you like? Some things that you want to talk about before we wrap this up? We went a little bit long, but we haven't been around for two weeks. So we uh, got to give the people what they want. Yeah, we had to fill in some gaps. So um, I am in the, the, and I don't know why this is taking me so long to actually get done. But I'm in like the middle stages of picking out new irons, Ooh. and I, I really have to to throw a shout out to uh, to Ping Golf. Um, I went in thinking I wanted something, and ha- very often you go into something and you're like, "This is what I want," and then you try it out and you're like, "Nah, this is not what I thought it was." The the i five hundred irons are exactly what I thought they were. Um, they're expensive which is what's taking me so long to pull the trigger on it, but they are, they're incredible. So that is going to be what's in the bag very shortly. Um, but again, it's one of those, like, I need to save up just a little bit more cash before I, you know, pull the trigger. They are what we thought they were. Exactly. And we let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Go ahead and crown them. All right. All right. Well, there you go, Scott. Episode 20, a milestone, I guess, of some sorts. Well, you know, let's 20 more and then 20 more and then soon we'll be at 100. Hey, triple digits, baby. Pretty soon we'll equal Tiger Woods' PGA Tour total wins. Hmm. All right, buddy. Got anything else? Nope. I'm good. All right. Well, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Bye, everyone.